the Fantasy Six-Pack Hour. With your hosts, Joe Bond. Ah, you're awful. <laughs> and A.J. Applegar. Sin Shu Chu. It's a mouthful. All right, all right. Welcome to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, founder of FantasySixPack.net. With me as usual, my co-host, AJ Abergarth. What's going on, man? Yeah, what's up, man? Not too much. Uh, crazy week at work, but ready to sit down and finally talk some, some football, some NFC East. Got my Absolutely. Eagles gear in full effect. I got my Dawkins, as usual, behind me. Got a hashtag Fly Eagles Fly on the chalkboard. So, yeah, we're good. Right. I do not have my X team behind me, um, and I say that because it was the uh, the Washington team. They're they're dead to me. Um, <clears throat> so we'll get into that, obviously. Uh, so Scott Fishbowl, man, Scott Fishbowl ended for both of us. Mine was yesterday. I think yours was today. How do you think you did, man? Yeah, mine was like a few hours ago. Well, maybe like hey, four, good timing. five now. Finally. <laughs> Um, pretty good. I'm pretty happy with my team. I uh, tweeted it out a little earlier. I think it's uh, hopefully gonna do do me better than my my one and eleven team of last year. As long as you have I, a healthy starting quarterback, you will do better than last year. Yeah, yeah, I, th- <laughs> I think so. I think that was a, a big big downfall for me last year. So. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I like your team overall, man. Um, you got the Robinson and, and Galladay receiver. Uh, who I like a lot. You got the Galladay Stafford pairing, which is which is great. I think that's a, a good one two punch there. Um, your running backs are not as strong as others, but yeah. you went super early on two quarterbacks, which is fine. Got Mahomes, that's going to be good. Um, went a little earlier on tight end than I did, so I think that's why your running backs are a little little bit weaker than mine. But hey, Kareem Hunt and James White are great, especially in the format. Hunt could really surprise. RB thirty seems like a steal for him, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you got Hines and, and Moss could really surprise. I'm not, you know, I'm not really sure why he went RB 52 in years. I think that's really late. Um, but you know, he could really surprise. And then Duke Johnson, all he needs is one David Johnson injury away from just being, being the guy there. Although we've seen that happen in the past where he's the guy and doesn't quite work out like everybody hopes, but yeah. it's, uh, it's interesting. I, I like your random PJ Walker pickup at the last pick there. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> just like my boy hey, whatever let's have some fun so well i figured with teddy bridgewater's injury history and uh you know pj doing so well in the xfl making it making the leap up to the nfl here uh once that got shut down you know he was killing it there and and he played under matt rule in college at temple uh yeah. robbie anderson was also there so it's a it's a nice little reunion of sorts Not- it's not awful, dude. I, I don't I don't hate it. Um, you know, take a stab there at the end. Sometimes you gotta just go and reach for some of these guys who uh <clears throat> you know, who could be the potential starter and not have to worry about spending, you know, seventy dollars a fab on them. Um, yeah. which is what I did. Like so I drafted Lamar number three. And last pick I picked up RG three because like if Lamar goes yep. down, obviously my team's screwed. Like I'm not gonna win either way, but I don't wanna have to go blow eighty bucks on on RG three to go get him, so I just figured like I'll just stash it for a little while. There's not going to be a ton of f- free agency out there. I've done this league enough to know that there's going to be one or two guys that you want to spend a lot of money on, and 
but there'll be more guys than RG3 on my team that I that I'll want to cut by week one or two. So yeah, it'll be fine. So I don't know, my my team. I don't know if you are checking it out in Slack because I, I posted it in the Slack as a ten yeah. channel. What do you think of it, man? I like it, man. Uh, I think it's it's a strong team. Uh, you know, not surprising coming from the uh, fifth overall ranker from last year. So. I guess you know your stuff a little bit, uh, but yeah, no. I, I, I like you said, we kind of have a lot of a lot of crossover. Um, some we'll similar Stafford players and Alan there. Robinson, yeah, yeah. James White. <laughs> yeah. So um, a, a couple of the guys that you have on there, either it was they went super earlier in my league, or they just waited around, and and I had other guys that I wanted to target. So like Hurst, you know, you got him in in the eighth, and he just randomly fell to me in the 10th on a run of four out of five tight ends so yeah no that's nice you got him and ingram nice. i must have missed I got that. him and, and that's yeah, a, him that's and a nice tight end combo dude i, I like that a lot yeah, yeah like and, and i tweeted out today on on twitter my final roster you know for the first 11 picks i kind of did like the whole hey here's my guy and post a little gif of it that's kind of what i do but the last half i don't do that because nobody cares nobody yeah. really cares about the first 11 but i do it just because it's fun yeah. for me uh but the, the last 11, I just kind of updated it and, you know, kind of gave my thoughts with like the last half when it was just like with with my starting lineup, you know, in quotes, starting lineup in place with the first 11. I had I, I kind of went balance of some risky, some high risk guys and some safer guys. So, you know, safer guys, in my opinion, are Shepard and, and Murray. They're safer. Like, you know what you're going to get out of them and they, but they could be more, um, you know, some of the riskier guys who could just bottom out completely or be awesome or like Nikhil Harry, Justin Jackson, um, you know, in some degree, Chris Thompson even, right? Like, I mean, his injury history is just absurd. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, Jalen Hurd and, and Dari uh, Ogunobuale, I hope I pronounced that right. Um, and like Dan Arnold, like second to last pick. Like I just, I only took the two tight ends and then he was my third one. He's just like a total shot in the dark there. But, you know, it's whatever. Um, I like the team. It seems pretty balanced. And I, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's really going to win it, but I, at least it'll keep me competitive and I won't feel stupid. So, <laughs> but yeah. here's the hoping, right? Exactly. All right. So uh, a little other news. So obviously I kind of led with the Washington issue. So the Washington Post article dropped. Obviously, everybody knows about the name change coming. Um, they've already dropped the the Redskins uh, from from it, but there's a whole lot of other things that came out. So that's that's going to be interesting uh, to see kind of what comes there. We'll, we'll we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll wait for Rudy Gamble, who's our guest this week, and uh, let's just go ahead and, and bring him on now. Rudy, what's going on, man? You there? Doing, uh, yeah, I'm here doing well. I mean, uh, as a giant fan, I feel like two thirds of the NFC East is stuck there. Well, <laughs> the crazy is like, like a week or two ago, I was like, man, the Eagles really that, that that's ridiculous with Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. And the Cowboys are like, watch this. We won't sign our, <laughs> we'll be able to come to terms with our franchise quarterback. And the Redskins are like, hold up here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No kidding. Exactly. <laughs> Or yeah, sorry, the, wait, the, the team second. formerly known. Yeah, I, I have them on uh, the site now as the Washington Thorough Reviews. Uh, That's funny. Yeah, I, I, I need to figure out what I want to do. Obviously, I got to re- remove the Redskins from all at least the 2020 stuff that we've done. I'm not going to worry about going any farther back than that at this point. This is 
not gonna happen. Yeah. But uh, I, I did. I used to have a couple of Redskins things behind me, and I was gonna keep the the helmet. It was the old one with the spear behind me. If it was just the name change, I was gonna keep it behind me because I don't know. Just felt like it was okay to do that. But with this whole news about the sexual assaults and everything else, and it was just like, nah, I'm done. Like I kind of, I kind of wrote them off last year. And and AJ knows this. Like I was like, I'm not rooting for this team. I don't care. Snyder and Bruce Allen are they're they're awful people. If they can get rid of at least half of them, like I know Snyder's going nowhere. So it's like if Bruce Allen can go, I'll give him another shot. They brought in Rivera. They fired Allen. I was like, okay, fine. I'll, I'll give you a second chance. They now have to get rid of Snyder. Really Snyder has okay. to go for me to be able to root for them again. I'm done with this team. I'm not rooting for anybody else. I'm just gonna watch football and enjoy it and be a fantasy football fan. But uh, they're they're dead to me. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna wear their gear. I'm not gonna have their stuff behind me. It's got to be a clean slate, dude. It's I'm done. I don't know. Are you gonna at least are you gonna at least disrespect women in your office place? <laughs> <laughs> are you giving that up too? Oh. His, his wife and his daughter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my office place is my house. Um, yeah. They disrespect it, me. Hit yeah. kids with a switch? I don't know. <laughs> oh man, Adrian Peterson. Ugh. <laughs> Yeah, follows oh, him wherever he goes. Uh, so I don't know, Rudy. What's your thoughts on this whole thing, man? Like, you know, it, it's obviously horrible what happened. The news that came out is 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 bad. Nobody, I don't think anybody can disagree with that. But I mean, like, what do you think? Kind of the ramifications of this is going to be. You know, there's not a lot of cases where an owner has been forced out of like a major sport. I mean, like, so Donald Sterling's the the the, the top example that comes up, and he was. He was about as Daniel Snyder-esque as you can get. I think the one thing you say about Daniel Snyder, I don't think he's done anything completely racist. I'm not saying he isn't racist. I'm not saying he <laughs> yeah. hasn't done. Where, yeah, that was the, the main thing with Donald Sterling, but he was a garbage human being. That they, they used that to get him out. The only other guy is, I think, Frank McCourt. And that was like, I feel like he was, he, he needed the, he, he was basically bankrupt. Or yeah, he had to they because they were going to have a divorce. So there's not a lot of precedent for it, but I, I would I would gather that uh, they'll figure out a way to get him out. He's a stubborn guy. I don't I mean, but he but he, he seems like he has no friends. At least like Fred <laughs> Wil, Fred Wilpon. Like I don't know how he stuck around after his fiasco um, with the Mets, but. He had generally been considered a, a, an owner of relative high character. You know, you, I, you have to balance that. It's like a on the curve of owners, um, but on the curve of anything, Daniel Snyder is <laughs> shit. So yeah, yeah I, think much. They, I, I think I well think I think he gets forced out. Um, you know, it's like, and it's not like you're going to have a tough time. Do you, I mean, is it going to be like ridiculous? Like Jeff Bezos buys him. I mean, like, uh, looking at the, the – I'm not a Met fan, but, like, looking at some of the names that are looking to buy him, it's like, you're like, uh, yeah, that seems like that, – that doesn't seem like a great person. And then it's like Sheldon Alderson comes out of, like, his Vegas, like, tomb and puts in an offer. You're like, yeah, could they, they, they'll probably get someone who's, like, just as reprehensible as Snyder, just maybe in a way that doesn't impact the football team. Yeah, I mean – I can only hope at least Snyder is gone and just pray that that happens and hopes 
whoever comes in isn't as bad. That's all I can hope for at this point. It's just I'm so sick and tired of this guy. But you're right. Like I haven't this him him getting removed for for this seems unlikely. They're just gonna have to like strong arm him out like at this point. And like you see it, like the minority owners are going in. And and they're trying to hire lawyers and, and stuff like that to do some investigations to see what they can find and get. And I just hope they find something to, to do it because I'm just it's just done. And I'm not the only fan that I know or ex fan that I know at this point because a lot of us are just like we're done with the team. Like we were done with it last year. We were all willing to kind of just be like, all right, let's see what happens with Rivera and stuff like that. And now that Allen's gone, like I said, but. No, it's this. This is cross the line. I'm done. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's. I mean, it's tough. But I'll be honest. It's like, I know fa- fantasy is a nice um, crutch. I know. I gave up. I gave up being a Yankee fan. I was a Yankee fan growing up, and I just. It just got to a point where the salary. They didn't even do anything that bad. It was just the salary disparity was so bad. Yeah. That I was like, you know, I feel like I'm rooting for the casino. Um, and so I'm just a fantasy baseball. (laughs) I'm like, I basically, whoever I have on my teams is kind of who I root for. Um, and you know, the underdog when it comes to world series. Um, yeah, I mean, there's no reason yet to give up. I mean, I can't say I've, the giants have been appointment viewing the last couple of years. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's been like what the, 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 I think they're the only pro team that I actually, Consider himself like a true fan of at this point. All right. Um, that's, enough. that's enough of that. Let's get into something more fun here and do our beer of the week. Um, see if we got our, our audio queued up here. There we go. All right. Good stuff. Uh, so, Rudy, you are the guest of honor here. Let us know what you're drinking, man. So this one's pretty light. Um, I, didn't, I didn't even. I, I just found out a few minutes ago we we're going to do this segment. That's all good. Um, so this is Lagunitas Daytime. I don't know. Uh, there's like a whole genre now of IP light IPAs that are like 100 calories each. Um, this has been, I think, the the one I've liked the best out of them. There's some decent. I think. Um, I forget if it's Odell's. There's a there's one called Oney out here that's pretty good, um, but. Yeah, it it drinks so much better than it would be a light beer. But yeah, generally I'm drinking a little bit heavier. But this is in the fridge. It's like a hundred. It's like 107 out here today. So so it's like yeah, it, it's not. You become a you become a little like you look at the beer selection. You're like yeah, I might go a little a little lighter. So yeah, Lagunitas daytime out of uh, they're out of California, I think somewhere. Yeah, I've had some Lagunitas before. I make yeah. good stuff. So, AJ, what are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking the O'Connor Hip Hop Anonymous IPA. Uh, I believe it's their volume three. Yes. Um, eight and a half percenter. Um, Connor Brewing Company. Uh, it's pretty good. I mean, it's it's not like overly heavy for for what the percentage is, but. I don't know. After the day I've had it, I feel like anything could just do whatever to me and I'd be okay with it. So, <laughs> Okay, so I'm drinking an Aslin Brewing Company down in uh, Northern Virginia. Uh, significant Other is, is the beer. It is a 8.4% double dry hop double IPA. 
Uh, it's it's good, man. I gave it a four and a quarter on Untapped. It's it's definitely um, it's definitely malty and pretty heavy, like uh, like Rudy said, you normally drink, but uh, yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't a hundred degrees here today. It was like eighty five, so I feel good drinking this one. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, the, the the double those double IPAs are nice, but yeah, that that like uh, yeah, a few like two go a long way. Yeah, they do. They definitely do. So, but yeah. So, no, it's all good. So, all right. So, we're doing our, <clears throat> our NFC East preview today. If it wasn't obvious, we uh, we're 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 talking all NFC East right now. Um, so, how we do the show, Rudy, is we we run through the the different positions. I rattle off like kind of like the primary AD players and their ADP, and then we get into some more specific questions. Uh, but first, there's a kind of a hot topic question that I'm going to surprise you with. Uh, I don't give this to anybody before they come on. And ours is. Are the Cowboys handling Dak Prescott correctly? I mean, like, it's funny. Like, Richard Seville from Fantasy Six Pack on on uh, on Slack the other day compared it to the Kirk Cousins situation, and I kind of was like, man, he's actually kind of right. I felt like, but what what are your thoughts on it? Oh no, I mean, I think, um, you know, like they were, the last argument was like four or five years on the contract, um, so they could have, but like a four year contract. See, would have seemed great to me if I was the Cowboys. It stinks that you're devoting that much of your salary cap to a quarterback that, you know, he's not in Mahomes' category, but I think if you had to draft quarterbacks now, he's in the top six, probably. Um, so 40 mil for that with the, you know, uh, or 35, I, I would have just done it. Um, the team's kind of still built for now. You still have that offensive line for maybe two more years. Um, but so I, you know, like it seemed like the argument was four. You know, Prescott wanted four years. Cowboys wanted five. I've been like, fine, I'll give you four years. And it's it's almost like you just would have been tendering the guy for four years. Um, so yeah, I think that I think the Cowboys goofed on this. I mean, they clear it's not maybe as egregious as signing Zeke on that contract. Um, you know, but I, I don't, I don't know where they're going here because it's good. It's, it's one thing if the team was, uh, on the way South, um, you know, if Tyron Smith was retiring as well with Travis Frederick and they were going to go live, live off in some Island. But, uh, yeah. So I don't, I don't, I don't know what the Cowboys are doing. Yeah. I don't, feel like I uh, ever know what Jerry Jones is doing other than just being annoying but yeah I think this is a major miss for them I don't know what where else they're gonna go or what quarterback they're they think they're gonna be able to get if they're wanting to be competitive and and win a Super Bowl yet draft a number one guy overall I mean it doesn't work that way so I just think that they they screwed the pooch from the beginning on this, and yeah, I'd I'd love to see Dak walk and just totally screw Jerry Jones over. I'd be fine with it. Uh, I'm not a Cowboys fan, so there's one thing for sure: I won't be a Redskins fan or Washington fan, whatever you want to say. But I will definitely not be an NFC East anything teams fan. Sorry, guys. <laughs> that we all agree the Cowboys suck. So, yes, yeah, I think we're all good there. We got Giants. We're all rooting against them, and uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I'm not really sure what uh, what 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 Jerry's thinking on this one. 
But it may, maybe it maybe it's just uh, they haven't been in quarterback hell for like twenty years, you know, or yeah. what, right. during the Romo time when he was healthy. So they never really felt how bad it is, and it it it's it's so bad that as long as you didn't have to sign like an eight year contract, I mean, I don't see why they've gotten <laughs> lucky with all the guys they've drafted too. I mean, like Dak wasn't an early pick or anything like that. So like it's kind of like Dak was a completely <laughs> lucky pick. I mean, they wanted Connor Cook. I mean, I, just I mean, they just fell in it, um, and and. And also, I mean, it's hard not to look past. Like he's been so underpaid. Yeah. For yeah. For his time there, it's like, yeah. So I mean, I can't imagine cowboy fans are playing like the four-dimensional chess and saying, "Well, you know, like it's look at what happened in Green Bay, you know, and yeah, and it's not like Green Bay's even been that like the 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 Rogers deal would probably be close to like, you know." Oh, that it would stink to have a mediocre quarterback. No, sorry for Rogers fans, but let's say he's kind of more of a league average quarterback than people admit. Yeah. Yeah. Still hasn't been that awful for Green Bay, and and what and Prescott's like ten years younger. Yeah, well, I agree. the other thing, the other thing, real quick too, it's like if they are thinking of trying to draft somebody even as early as next year as a potential replacement. Say they do give. Dak the, the cousin's treatment for franchise tagging him for the next few years and then just making, you know, losing a ton of money that way. Who are they going to draft next year? I mean, college football is basically, if they're even playing, they're playing in division games only. So it's not going to be like you're getting the full season out of these guys that you might be looking at anyway. So, you know, I mean, you Still should be able to get some gauge on some of them, but I, I just think it's now is not the time to be waffling on who you want as your quarterback. Agreed. All right, well, let's move on here. Let's get into the, the fantasy stuff here. Um, start with quarterbacks here. So as expected, Dak Prescott here, the ADP of quarterback three. Carson Wentz is 12. Daniel Jones is 15. And Dwayne Haskins, bottom of the barrel, number 32. Uh, start off with Dak. Let's just continue this season to talk about Dak here. So, had a great 2019. He actually finished his QB two, but QB three on a point per game basis. Um, you know, after Hopkins was traded to to Houston from Houston, and and you know, the Cowboys drafted Lamb. He he climbed back. He was down at like five or six ADP. Dak was, and then after all that kind of happened, he like climbed up to number three. I mean, should we be drafting him ahead of guys like Wilson, even, you know, uh, Watson, you know, those guys or, you know, or is this kind of where he should fit? What do you think, Rudy? I mean, uh, I'm looking at, I mean, the quarterbacks get so close up there. Um, I mean, I have them eighth right now. Um, I mean, the difference is like, is pretty minor. Um, you know, there's a. 20 point difference between who I have third Kyler Murray and Prescott. So I have no problem taking him third. And I probably would in, if I was doing the draft, I probably would take him probably sixth right now. Um, so yeah, I'm, I think there's real, he's got a high floor. I, I think, you know, like last year, you know, there, there's some regression probably to be had. Um, but yeah, I, Think he's he's a solid pick. I mean, he was going late first round in 
in fish in Scott Fishball, and I can't really argue with it. It's, you yeah, know, it's just reflect that, aspect that, of it. That, Huge. If that's how you want it, I mean, especially because what ends up happening is you look at it and you're like, yeah, if you're going to be picking late third round, it, it starts getting pretty unpredictable on what's going to come back to you if you have a, a massive quarterback run. So in a league like that, I get it. Um, but yeah, in a regular league, I'm probably looking in that grouping, looking who I can get cheapest. Like, yeah, yeah like me too. I mean, super, even at Superflex, I mean, you need two quarterbacks. It, you don't. I don't know. I, I would. It, it, I'd look at the scoring, but I'm. I don't. I'm not paying for Prescott at three. I guess yeah. that, that'd be the easiest way of putting it. But I'm not like saying it's an awful value. Yeah, I mean, Scott Fishbowl was a different beast with all the different negative points towards quarterback. You kind of wanted that safe quarterback, and Dak was 100 percent it. Um, so he he you know he was, in my opinion, like third or fourth on the board for quarterbacks from Scott Fishbowl, right behind Lamar and Mahomes. Um, so. Yeah, I'm with you though. His floor is high no matter what what uh, format you're playing in, and th- that's reassuring to people who are drafting him. But I think he's not going to finish there at the end of the year. But taking him at three isn't going to kill you either. So you're fine. I don't know, AJ. You got anything else to add to that? No, I think we've we spent enough time on deck. Um, so moving on to uh, to the Giants here, you got Mr. Danny Dimes had a pretty successful rookie season. Um, you know, it's surprising to very many, you know, some people I feel like, but I mean, do you think he can build upon that or have we already seen his ceiling? Yeah. I mean, I was, I was surprised with Daniel Jones. I think, I think right now, I mean, where he's priced, um, I think he's like 14 or 15. Um, I, I, I love his upside as a fantasy play. Um, yeah, so I have him as my QB two in Scott Fishball. I got a decent price on him. I didn't have to. I paid. You know, so I uh, was kind of happy to take my my giant. Um, right now, I'm not really worried about the fumbles. I don't. You know, the the turnovers, yes, but he's got a lot of. I mean, like, I I like I like him in in fantasy. There, I I'm not really one who wants to play it safe, especially with you know. So I think. I wouldn't even, you know, in like a one QB league, I, I wouldn't mind having him. You know, if I get, get assuming I'm getting him like extremely late and just rolling the dice, and hoping you get one of those years, he gets 400 yards rushing, he gets a few, steals a few touchdowns there, and you know the game script is going to play in his favor. Yeah. So I like that part too. In the real world, it's it's tough to say. You're, uh, you're gonna. He he was better than I thought he'd be year one. We'll see. Yeah, year two will be pretty telling. Um, but uh, yeah, fingers crossed. I think volume, volume for him is going to be key. Like you said, the game script's going to be great. So you know he he'll rack up some garbage points at the very least for you. So he's not going to finish any worse than fifteen. So yeah, he could easily fall into that QB one territory for me. Um, but it, he's got a, his floor is not great either. I feel like it's, it could bottom out real bad for you. So that's why I, I would hesitate to draft him as like, you know, in, in standard leagues with super flex. Absolutely. It's a phenomenal QB too. So, yeah. Uh, moving on here to the Eagles, you know, Carson Wentz finally had a healthy season after two injury plagued ones. The rest of his team on the other hand was not, I mean, it was bad for them. Like he was playing with garbage men as his as his receivers at the end of the at the end of the year 
Are we not giving enough credit to Carson Wentz? He threw over 4,000 yards and 27 touchdowns, yet he's going QB 12 right now. I feel like that's super underrated. Yeah. No, I'm with it. I mean, and he was my first. Somehow I drafted every NFC East quarterback except for Prescott in mine. Um, So I got him like the eighth pick in the third round. Um, Yeah, the 27 touchdowns last year does jump out for a team that had really nothing at wide receiver. Um, and, you know, so uh, I don't think that's, I mean, we'll see how it goes this year and we'll talk about, I guess, about their wide receivers in a bit. Um, I, I think Wentz has like, a, his, the, his floor is if he gets hurt. But for him to put up those numbers last year is, is, is pretty impressive because it wasn't even like game script driven. I mean, he, he was pretty efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, uh, so yeah, it, uh, yeah, I, I like him a lot. I mean, I don't think he's, you know, I, I'd move him up to, I have him at like 10, not like tremendously different. Um, but it's the kind where I, getting him as your 12th quarterback, if it saves you a round or two in the draft is great. And it, you know, like in, in a, in a league with QB with one quarterback, you get into a situation where it's like, People will fight over Lamar Jackson and Mahomes. If I can come out of it and draft draft Wentz and Daniel Jones late and kind of something like that, I'm I'm kind of a happy camper. Yeah, I'm right there with you on that one. I've got him at nine. Uh, actually, no, I've got him at eight. So I've got uh, our staff has him at nine overall, but it's anywhere between eight. I'm the highest, eleven's the lowest. So we're all above the ADP on our on on fantasy six packs. So yeah, he's he's a little underrated right now. So. I feel like in, in drafts that are a little savvier, he's not going to fall that far. We're going to see the ADP climb. But AJ, yeah. you're, the, you're the you're the Philly boy, it's President Go Eagle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's uh, it's tough to to try to gauge Wentz because he has missed time with injury, um, you know, and, and it's hurt the team. But last year was really, you know, I, I don't want to say out of character. Um, because I think the talent has, has always been there. It's just a matter of him being able to be on the field. Uh, if you look at his year in 2016, he, he played 16 games then. That was the only other season. Well, he's only had four seasons, but bookends both of his uh, you know 16-game seasons here. So his completion percentage was a little bit down from last year compared to there. He had the exact same amount of attempts uh, at 607. You know, but he was about 300, little, little less than 300 yards shy, uh, yardage wise, and you know, off by about 11 touchdowns, but double the interceptions. So he was a he was a lot more efficient last year, and I think he had to be because he was, you know, running all over the place. He had nobody to throw the damn ball to. You know, it was like a UPS driver, and uh, you know, the guy selling donuts. Uh, in the, the the jail at the old vet, so <laughs> it's it's very surprising to see what he did um, with what he had. To me, um, I'd I'd love to see it again. Um, I'm just not 100 percent optimistic about him playing 16 games again. Um, so we'll see. I will say, looking at the stat line, the yards per attempt are, are is pretty feeble at 6.7 you wonder yeah. i mean I, I felt like 
when Deshaun Jackson went down in game two, was it? Because he had a yep. didn't he have an amazing yeah. game one? Yeah, his game one was ridiculous. Yeah, I mean that was Deshaun Jackson's been an incredible. I mean, one of the best in terms of basically deep threat, huge yards per target, and helps and it basically helps the whole team. Him going down, you just knew it was like that's gonna, you know, like it, it didn't show in the touchdowns. It shows in the yards per attempt. They couldn't stretch the field at all. You're just stuck in that mid-range um, and just nothing threatening to the, the, the team. I think uh, they drafted a couple of guys. I mean, Rieger is the, the headliner. But then I think they drafted late like two other guys that could be like potential deep threats to avoid that type of situation. Um, so I, I think that it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out in the first game or two. Um, but I see some upside there in the yards per attempt just because they'll have something, uh, not just at wide receiver, but deep threat wide receiver to stretch the field. Yeah. I mean, you don't know what's going to happen with Alshon. We'll, we'll talk about him later and, you know, all of these receivers, but yeah, John Hightower, and <laughs> John Hightower and, uh, Quez Watkins are the two, two of the other rookies that they got. So, um, and hey, J. Jaws. Yeah, he could be something. We'll see. Red <laughs> zone maybe Yeah, just pan out. Red, so. You really need a big red zone threat when you've got yeah. two two good tight ends. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right, we're moving back to that team down uh, down the way from me and Joe here in uh, the the DC. Uh, we're hearing a lot of chatter that that Haskins can be this dark horse QB this year. What, what do you think about Haskins? Jerry, you want to take that one? No. No, that's all you. Uh, If if you really want to know my opinion on him, I hated the draft pick, so I don't like him at all. But I don't know. I'm hearing a lot of things like, "Ah, this is going to be a good QB streamer this year. Like, I just hear all this good talk about him. He's going to take the next big step. It's like, what? How? Why? I don't know. I'm just. If anybody else thinks that that comes on the show, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, I mean, the. Yeah, you know, there wasn't a lot to love last year. I think I, I'm I'm willing to give like a pass only because Goff and Wentz had some pretty mediocre stats their first year. That the second year is really the big leap, and um, except for Darnold, where yeah, you know, as long as so mono exclusions here, I mean, I think there. I think we, you will see something better out of Haskins. I mean, the O line's deteriorated. I mean, so you, yeah, I think is it was it the guard is now out. Uh, Scherf, Scherf, what's yeah, Scherf, yeah. I think it's that. Yeah, so I, you've got. A, I mean, a bad O line's not going to be great. I mean, where he is at thirty. I, I took him as a QB three in the Scott Fishbowl in like the tenth round, um, probably because I'm still scarred from having uh, Darnold last year and having to deal with uh, the quarterback fiascos. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, light streamer. I mean, there, there's just he's just not relevant for for the vast majority of leagues this year. But uh, if you're playing DFS. There's definitely going to probably. There, I, 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 if I play DFS every week, I'm sure I would start Haskins at least once in some type of Redskins stack where they're oh, like. Oh, sure. Yeah. 
10 point underdog. I, so something could happen. Um, I mean, it just wasn't a very good team around him. Yeah, aside from McLaurin and yeah. a little bit of swing. So it's not going to get much better, unfortunately. The team's pretty garbage. So, and with everything going on, I don't really see how anybody's motivated to play for that team. So. We'll see what happens. So uh, AJ had to go uh, take care of something real quick, unfortunately. So it's all me right now. So he should be back soon. But uh, uh, let's jump over to running backs here. So ADP here, we've got two top dogs, uh, Saquon Barkley, two, Zeke Elliott, three, uh, Miles Sanders at 12, uh, Darius Geis at 27, Tony Pollard, 47, Adrian Peterson, 51, Boston Scott, 55. I could have gone a little deeper, but... After that, it's just kind of like whatever. Um, Dion Lewis is really a yeah dark horse this year. All right, all right. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's start with these top two here. I'm gonna love them together. Um, Barkley and Zeke, right? So, who are you? All right. Well, so first off, who are you choosing to be number two, and why? Uh, I mean, I'm taking Barkley. I mean, last okay. year, last year had its Homer. issues. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing was, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, the thing with Barkley is, I mean, yeah, I think Barkley's got the higher ceiling. I don't think, I don't think I'm kind of like out of line on that one. Nope. Um, if, if you had to say like 50th percentile, I don't think there's much difference than them. Is that what we saw from Barkley? Um, maybe the last two weeks of last year, but definitely in his first year, is that like there's he's got crazy potential. I think um, I don't think Shermer was using him very well, um, and it'll be interesting to see Barkley in Jason Garrett's system, which has generally been quite good for running backs. Um, I mean, I I mean you've as a as a fellow NFC East fan, or at least you were one, um, the amount of, of well-executed screens that came out of Dallas. I mean, so maybe a few too many for my liking, but I feel like they, ne the giants never figured out Barkley in the passing game. Um, he had the, he's, he hasn't, he's been like six yards, six yards per target. He should be like at seven. Why he, why he isn't rolled out. Um, and basically thrown out on the on the sideline, where he's a complete mismatch for anyone that's going to guard him, beats me. So I'm buying Barkley on you know on the ceiling. I I, find, I think Zeke we've we've seen the best of what Zeke's going to do. Yeah, I agree. With you. I mean, are you worried at all about the fact that like you know he's he had the ankle problems and like those can kind of come back to haunt you? I mean, like I said, I I, I mean I, I could see if you're really want to be safe that you know Zeke's got a, a little bit he's got a better offensive line I think I think the, the offensive line in Dallas is pretty fragile right now um, definitely not as good as it was like two years ago but it's, yeah. it's still better and they've got they've got a lot of weapons there I don't know I'm I'm not I'm not super worried on the ankle and everything like that like I said I think um you've just got to think you're you're trying to win um I, I, I'd I'd want to get the guy with the higher ceiling. That's just kind of my, my focus this year is that it's like when in doubt, you've got to go kind of bigger. Um, and yeah, and and it's the, the upside potential of the new offensive coordinator. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, it's ridiculous getting any optimism for having Jason Garrett, but um, they just never figured out. 
I mean, like there, there were some, and and it was probably a combination of that and Eli. I don't know, but the the, the passing game had some. It it, it is pretty frustrating. They didn't figure out Barkley um, to his fullest extent. I have a feeling maybe just hopeful that this year it is that that we're going to see a few more 50 yard screen passes uh, or a screen pass that goes 50 yards and that kind of thing. So I'm going Barkley at two. I'd still take McCaffrey there in a heartbeat. um, But one. Yeah, that was my next question. Was uh, do either one of these get considered number one or is it just a no brainer? CMC. I mean, he's got. I mean, his target level is insane, and yeah. he's and he's been a yard better per target than Saquon Barkley's to the point. I mean, seven yards per target on a running back where you're where you're getting like it's extremely safe play. So it's got a, it's a real high floor in terms of completion, mm-hmm. and he did it with absolute garbage as quarterback last year, McCaffrey. Yeah. Um, and and I mean, I, I would consider them pretty similar on the running. Um, yeah, if I had to use just on running, I'd probably take Barkley, but the passing of Mc, the passing game of McCaffrey right now, Barkley hasn't proven it yet that he could do 120 targets and do it with the effectiveness that McCaffrey has. Yeah, I agree. Um, so off to the next guy here. We'll go over to the Eagles. Um, Miles Sanders, the last six weeks of 2019, he was RB8. Now, that probably has a lot to do with the fact that all the weapons were gone at that point. It was him and Boston Scott, and Boston Scott kind of came out of nowhere to, to do this. Um, you know, right now he's the primary back in Philly. Uh, even with Scott there, you know, he's he's supposed to get the vast majority of all the touches. You know, his ADP is his ADP not higher than twelve because people are afraid that Philly will go sign somebody, or is there something else that we're not catching here? I'm not. Getting it. I mean, I mean, maybe the. I'm not super worried they're going to sign someone. I mean, they might, but I'm just not. It's just not a, a big factor for me. I don't see, and I mean, AJ could disagree. I, I don't think Boston Scott is really a major variable here. Um, I think people read into too much when a you know a, a coach's track record on using committees versus not. Um, I, I don't see any reason why Miles Sanders doesn't get. Uh, strong usage here. I have him at ten for like half, um, half PPR. Um, so mildly better. Um, and I mean, and I and I like his ceiling a ton. I mean, if everything works out right, it's great. I think if there's anything, I it does seem, and uh, maybe I'm biased because of last year, the Eagles don't get a ton of rushing touchdowns. That they they tend to skew a little bit more toward pass touchdowns, um, which might, ha- but it. But the thing is, I don't have to worry about who's coming in to at the th- if it there if it's in the inside the five. I'm not worried about Boston Scott poaching the the rushes. Um, so yeah, I I guess it's this feeling that somehow they're gonna they're gonna get like another running back, but it would be dumb in my case. Keep hearing like Devonta Freeman's name tossed in there, which just seems crazy. Like I'm really worried about Devonta Freeman. <laughs> I mean, I think the the one thing you can say there is that it's like you know, there's certain teams like San Francisco that seems to just ha- be able to just manufacture running back depth. Depth. Um, the Eagles had some really good depth there for a while. It does feel like Corey Clement is. Uh, is not gonna is is not gonna get a ton of time. I don't I don't know what quite happened to him, um, that he got that he fell off the map. But um, doesn't seem like it's the deepest running back chart. So them su- signing a guy like Freeman 
or another like vet. Not out of the question, but I still don't see. I see that more for depth than really like impacting Sanders. I would hope so, but I don't know. AJ, you're back, so you got any take on Sanders here? This was supposed to be your question, but yeah, we we were actually just discussing. I, I knew it was coming up, and I was uh-huh. trying to get some intel before beforehand. Um, so your phone buzzing. My my brief absence. Yes, AJ Adam Schefter. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no, I I agree. I think. Uh, I think Sanders should should be the guy here. Uh, Boston Scott came on really strong at the end there, um, and again, I think a lot of that came more with him getting, you know, short short little swing passes and everything like that from from Wentz, and then him just being out in open space and being able to do something with it. You know, he it's like almost like an adrenaline rush every game. Like, oh, I got the ball. All right, I'm gonna do something. All right, boom. And then he's gone for 35 uh, yards. Uh, I mean, I love the guy. I thought I thought he's like a, a new age Darren Sproles, really. Um, and Clement, I you know Clement's kind of the, their bigger guy. I feel like he did fall out of favor with them for some reason. Um, I don't really know if it was just lack of production or if because of Boston Scott's emergence they just decided, well, we don't really need Clement as much. So we're gonna just kind of let it ride and see what we have with with these other guys. Um, you know, with with Jordan Howard out of the picture completely now, and and Sanders not having to look over his shoulder for him. You know, I don't think he's worried about Boston Scott or Corey Clement or Elijah Holyfield to you know a lesser, much lesser extent. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did sign somebody, but. I don't know if they need to. Um, I think that they they've got enough there to at least see what see what they can do. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Andrew, you want to take these last two since you uh, sure missed it. So we got Mister uh, Darius Geis that he proved last year when he was healthy, he can actually be a pretty special player. Um, obviously, the key there is health. So. With an RB27 ADP, uh, you know, is is that low enough for for you to take a chance on him, Rudy? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a range where I really like the running backs, um, and it it makes me want to go with a modified zero RB strategy. Um, you know, so to me, I've got. Yeah, I I really like the price on Ronald Jones. He, I have I have both of them in that twenty six to twenty eight range for me. Um, so the challenge is when you're looking at something like that. If I could get Jones a round or two cheaper, I'll go there. I mean, the injuries the injuries are a concern, uh, and other guys. I mean, I like Jonathan Taylor's potential upside, although I think he's going to go a little pricier as the year goes on, as things go on. Um, even like carry on Johnson, although again, I'd want to pay a little less there. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd run it on, on guys. I mean, I think it's, a, you know, um, he's, he, you wouldn't want him as your RB one per se, but right. Um, you know, and, and the reality isn't something like that, depending on the league. I don't know how much you can really cuff that. Like, I don't want any shares of Adrian Peterson. Um, I mean, that, that that's where like, you basically, you, the, the Russia ends up with Adrian Peterson's probably not winning the league. You know, think, you know, so, um, I, and it's hard to say like who you'd want to pair with guys. I mean, you certainly wouldn't want to pair him with, let's say like James Connor, 
Um, and I mean, even a guy like Chris Carson with the hip, I don't know if you want to do so. It's it's a uh, part of it gets into the roster construction. I could see certain certain being at a certain point of the draft. You you've already drafted a certain a guy, um, like Connor, where it's like you're gonna you can't go guys. But um, yeah, what do you think? I, I'm, what do you think on him? So I'll I'll take this. So. My my thought on guys is I love the talent. I'm like the all the all the all the the muscle injuries that he's had, right? All the soft tissue injuries is what I meant to say. That scares me to death. Like I, you know, not not that I played sports nearly to the level of these guys, but like I played a lot of sports. I pulled hamstrings. I did all that kind of stuff, and I didn't tear ACLs and things like that. But like. Those things always come back, man. Like I just feel like they come back to haunt you. Um, so hopefully things like you know MCLs and 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 things like that. You know he can just get the surgery and be done with it. But like he just feels like he's always nicked up too. Like I don't know. It he does scare me. But at an RB three price, like if I can get him as my third running back, I'd be down for it. Like if I can get two good, safer running backs that I feel really good on, I'm. I'm fine taking a chance on guys because honestly, if he does play the whole season at an RB27 ADP, he's probably winning you the league. Like, yeah, he's so good and so talented. Um, he's just a beast. That, like he, you know, he fell in the in the NFL draft and he shouldn't have for you know character issues or whatever it was. But like honestly, the guy's been nothing but awesome for this organization. Um, everything he says and does, like he just feels like he's a cool guy. Um, he just wants to play. Um, I, I don't know the whole backstory of what happened at LSU. But. I, I th- they're disappointed in his character, actually. They, they, they? drafted. They, they they were real. They they were going to trade up for him with these character issues. Ah, uh, you're funny. Uh, you're funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, where are you going with this? I like, ah, uh, well, he used to fit in. fit in. Yeah, it's yeah. We got. You're not really red tails material. <laughs> oh, oh man, he's just gonna like just. Took the knife in deeper, man. Come on, <laughs> kick me when I'm down. No, I, I like it. Uh, if you know, I, I haven't had a chance to take him in any of the drafts I've done so far. Uh, but it's just kind of how my drafts go. I, I tend to go a little bit running back heavy early, and then I'm kind of at, at the point that Geis is going, I'm taking receivers at that point. But there's gonna be, I guarantee, there's gonna be a league where I'm just gonna be like, screw it, I'm taking him anyway, just because I gotta, I gotta have a share of him somewhere. He's so talented. Yeah, and I'd much rather I'd much rather take a chance on the injury guy. I'd much rather take a chance on him than like Gurley at his ADP. Yeah, hundred percent. Or even like you mentioned Carrion. Like I kind of want nothing to do with Carrion. Like even when he's on the field, it's just kind of blah. Like it's just really like yeah, it's it's more of those at his price. I mean, I think I think he's like eleventh or twelfth round. So it's like true. You know, like there's a certain point where yeah, I've. I've gotten all the wide receivers. Like I could, I could stand, and then there's still some hot, you know, uh, some good flyers I want to take. So, yeah, I, 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 like I said, I think, I think of it as a search. It really appeals if your strategy is like don't take a running back in the first four rounds. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So the last question we got here is: Who is the best handcuff slash later drafted running back? Are you looking at Pollard? Uh, AP, Scott, or, Scott, or somebody else. To me, it's like Pollard. 
to me, it's like Pollard, no doubt. That I think, uh, I think he gets if, um, from what I've seen on him, I think if if Elliott got injured for a stretch, you know, Pollard's a top twenty running back easy uh, on that for that week, and uh, you know, upside of maybe like fifteen. I'm not sold that Boston Scott does much if he gets the role that he'd be in a share. Um, so yeah, I'm going, I'm going Pollard there. Yeah, the, All right. Yeah. The, I agree. It's not cheap. Really a... It's, a, it's yeah. an expensive cuff. <clears throat> it's a French cuff. Yes. All right. All right. Should we, uh, move into our final winner here, Joe? Yeah, man. So, uh, Rudy, you're here for, uh, the fourth and final week of our footballguys.com subscription giveaway. Uh, we had a, a contest on Twitter this week for, Give us, you know, give us your your new Washington team name. Uh, we didn't pick our favorite. We just picked a random winner. This one, one hundred percent. No, sorry, sorry to the winner. Would not have been my would not have been my winner if I had picked my favorite. But uh, they picked pigskins. No thanks. Uh, but uh, I, I get it. I, I get it. Um, so yeah, it's Ken Hamilton at Yamato Forever. So. Ken, I will be uh, DMing you through Twitter uh, later tonight or maybe tomorrow. I got to get your email and pass it on to them, and then they will uh, set you up with an account. So congrats. Uh, we've given away four. That's it for the uh, the giveaways. So uh, hopefully we'll, we'll get something shortly here to, to give away on the show to, to continue this. I had fun doing it. So All right, let's move on to receiver here. Uh, ADP here. We got Amari Cooper leading the way at wide receiver nine. McLaurin, it's a big drop here. McLaurin, 27. Gallup, 30. Slayton at 38. Lamb at 43. Shepard at 45. Uh, Alshon, who's already done. And basically, dude, he's going to start the year on the pup probably. 48. I made these notes a couple days ago, so that was before the news dropped. But uh, that that will these, – these, these Eagles will change. 100% now, but Rhaegar at 55, uh, D-Jax at 59. So I want to start with Amari, and I'm not going to say anything because I think everybody who's listening should know how I feel about Cooper. Uh, ADP at 9 feels a little high for me. Um, what's your feeling on him at that draft cost? I mean, I've – yeah, it's too expensive for me. I have him at like 15 right now. Um, the – I mean, his floor is awful in a given. Yes. Um, I mean, it's, it's obviously no secret that he has some really crazy high games and then low. It's, uh, I mean, for the year in a per game basis, his target rate wasn't much different than Michael Gallup's. Um, I think, I think Cooper is quite good. I mean, like I said, he's wide receiver 15. He, he just always seems a little higher drafted than I'd like. Um, so yeah, I, I don't envision having him on any of my teams this year. Dude, you and me both, man. I uh, <laughs> that's exactly his consistency just kills me. Um, I don't know, AJ. There's probably not much to add here. I feel like we have talked about Cooper to death on the show, and it's yeah. kind of the same. Nothing's really changed. But my second part to this is: Am I weird for much rather having Gallup at thirty? I mean, I mean. I feel like Gallup's price is kind of snuck up to the point where it's like, yeah, he's a fine price. He's fine at 30. Um, yeah, so I, I would rather have Gallup at 30 than – I'd rather have him at an ADP than Cooper for sure. 
Yeah, not to uh, give it away too much, but my uh, upcoming was originally due today and will be probably finished today, posting tomorrow. Wide receiver depth chart for (laughs) Fantasy Six Pack. So you tell Um, me you're late. (laughs) Did you not already realize this? I mean, come on. I, I will uh, I will be having Gallup in the the higher tier of of the depth chart over Cooper. And once the uh, the listeners get out there and see the depth chart tomorrow, you'll you'll kind of see how I did that and why I guess. But I, overall, I think he deserves to be. I think he's Cooper has great games, but. Even two years ago, I guess, uh, when he just torched the Eagles, um, some of it was just really late, lucky crap that got him in in position and, and got him in the end zone and, and just blew up the, the stat sheet. And it's like, oh, man, this guy's great. No, he had some some really good luck in this game and then as well as some others. But all right, so... Going back to uh, Sausage Egg McLaren here, um, you know what he did in his rookie season was pretty fantastic, despite having subpar QB play. Um, if we think Haskins can improve at at all, which is you know not too difficult compared to where he is, what do you think we can expect from McLaren for 2020? I mean, it. It broke my heart. I, I didn't get him in the Scott Fishbowl. I, I was just in a bad position where I'd either take him at in the early round, which would have been way ahead of, or you know, a 50-50 shot. He made it back to me, and he didn't. Um, I have him as WR7 right now. Um, it's Whoa. extremely high. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, no, I'm way ahead on him. So, so I mean, I think he's a, a fantastic buy. Um you know, and and it's it's right now it's a game of me just getting a better feel for ADP in leagues, um, but uh, you know, and there's some really good wide receivers, but like fifth, sixth round, uh, I'd say he's going to be a consistent target for me. Uh, he was near a hundredth percentile in percent of throws, twenty plus yards, um, and he did well on those. He didn't do great, um, and you know, but so much of a guy's production is like. Are you getting the volume, and is that volume uh, valuable? You know, if you're getting five-yard passes and you're not getting it in the right position, it's not very valuable. So, I still say that he's he's right now easily the the one you'd project as the target leader on that team. Mm-hmm. He's going to get valuable targets. You've gutted the tight ends, so there's not even like anyone that jumps out as a red zone threat. Um, so I think. I'd look at his year as potential for something like Allen Robinson last year. Um, you know, similar quarterback play, you could argue. Um, yeah. You know, maybe he's doing a little more damage downfield and a few less targets. Um, but I mean, the upside's huge. Um, and yeah, I mean, he did, I mean, he grades out extremely well in things like pro football focus. Um, and it probably doesn't hurt that, uh, I mean, Harmon's out for the year now. Mm-hmm. Again, you have Jeremy Sprinkle as tight end, <laughs> uh, which is just so hilarious. I mean, you got to get like Xavier. Thaddeus Moss, man. 
in there as well for like the who's our hokey AJ Logan like Thomas baby Logan Thomas oh yeah Logan yeah. Thomas he Go was it. he was gonna be one of my last picks in Scott Fish and I was like eh, I can get him on waivers <laughs> <laughs> yes for free um, so <laughs> yeah. while yeah so while it's probably overstated the whole connection of um, Haskins and McLaurin in college absolutely the fact that I mean he, they're they're gonna have this shorter camp and um, yeah, there's, there's, I mean, no of the other outside wide receivers he has any rapport with. He might have had some with Harmon, and he's out. Um, and guys like I, 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 guys like Gandy Golden and um, Cam Sims. I mean, they're not gonna, they're not serious threats for. Targets. I mean, Stephen Sims was was decent, and I, I kind of not. I said Cam Sims, yes, but oh, oh Stephen Sims, Stephen Sims looks nice, but he's a yeah, slot yeah. guy. I mean, give him just like, I mean, like the guy, he'll eat just like a Randall Cobb or a Cole Easley would. But it's like, you're you're still looking at 110, 120 targets for McLaurin. And I mean, he had a yards per target north of nine last year. I mean, yeah, he's what, nice. I, I do like him. Uh, I don't like him as much as you do, but uh, that's uh, well, the good nobody thing does. Is, you are the high. I just looked yeah, it up. You I'll are the, the high on that. We'll um, see. Yeah, we'll see where I end up with them. I got to start playing, uh, playing safer. I think on my my season long rankings. But uh, but yeah, we. But he'll probably be. Uh, I'll be ahead of the the curve for at least first three or four weeks of the season until uh, everyone catches good. up. Um. Yeah. No. It kind of excites me to hear that. I, I do like Terry, dude. I I uh, I didn't love the pick when we picked him. I was like, oh man, we just got like a deep dude, like. Eh, whatever. Seems like a gadget play, and then like each like, first few games, I was like, "Holy smokes, this dude's like for real." Um, <laughs> but let's move on here. Um, AJ, I took this. I took this question because I, I didn't want to have you have to ask it. But the Eagles. I mean, there anybody on this roster that you want to draft in redraft leagues? Oh, I'll try, man. All of them. Yeah. Uh, for, <laughs> for for wide receiver. Yeah. We're talking. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, Alshon Jeffrey, uh, obviously we don't have to kind of kick dirt on him. Um, I mean, as a whole, if somehow I could just buy like some conglomerate of the the Eagles wide receivers this year, it'd be a slight buy because they're all stupid cheap. So if I can get like their WR one, that would be a good buy. Um, um, I mean, Dalen Rieger, I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm a Longhorn fan out here. He he looked really good for at times at TCU. He kind of, I think, had a quiet year last year. Um, and you still have those two tight ends soaking up so much targets. So um, I know I had Wentz, and I would have liked an Eagles quarterback to stack with him, and I couldn't, I couldn't justify Rieger going where he was. Um, cause there's still, there's a bunch of guys that are going around there that I prefer cause it's not even just, I mean, I have them like the, the WR, what 55, it's a f- sure, you know, it's not a bad price, but when you get down to it, it's like when he's going off the board, there's always someone else you like better, but it's, it's, it gets tough. Um, so there's always that, um, opportunity to cost. So I don't see it. I mean, yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting, AJ, if, if you've seen anything different, if you've, I'm sure you've probably looked at him a little closer, how he might fit in that system. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I was looking, uh, you know, I was on our show 
we did for the the draft, the live show we did there uh, when the Eagles were coming up, and it, it just seemed like Jefferson was the guy. And they kept even showing him on the phone talking to people, and then it shows over to to uh, Peterson, and I'm like, okay, well, here we go, and that's like Jalen Rieger, and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> well, yeah, I, what just happened? See that that makes a little bit of sense, only because I mean you've got the tight ends clogging up the middle, and that's Jefferson's. That's where he's he's going out. Yeah. Um. You know so. Now, whether Rieger is a true outside wide receiver, I think is another in the pros is another question. It's like it's it's, it's really hard to know when I mean, like no one obviously saw it with McLaurin. Yeah. That, I mean, like that he um, so I mean, but I mean, Rieger is not that. What's his what's five eleven two oh six. So, I mean, he's not not huge by any means, but I mean. He's got speed, so I, I think uh, I think he's an upgrade to you know what what we have there, which isn't really hard to do. But um, I love Alshon. You know, I, I hope he gets healthy and and can produce and play. Uh, you know, Deshaun is in the the doghouse a bit, but you know he can still put those games together. Um, so. It'll be interesting to see what they can do. Um, I just, I just hope they can stay healthy. That's about it. Yeah, you know, Rudy, you you keep kind of saying something, and I want to ask you about this kind of sidebar. Um, you keep talking about like the rookies in the off season and things like that. Are you downgrading some of the rookies because of the lack of an off season? I think I'm already a little bearish on rookies to begin with. Um, you know, so I, and I think, I think there's what I've seen with the running backs in particular is just like, um, the rookies get like this benefit of the doubt that they're going to win the job. And and then the second year guy that had to pay his lumps and then came on in the second half is still kind of beat up as, as terms of saying, Oh, he can't take the job. He needs to share it. Like that'd be Miles Sanders, Singletary, Montgomery, you know, all the guys that followed the norm, which would be, you know, and so like the rookies, like it's hard to count on them the first six, seven weeks that, that you're going to, you know, get them in positions to succeed, you know, uh, I mean, I'd say even this year, especially you're going to, the playbooks can be real. The functional playbook for rookies is going to be really small. You know, you'd think like, Rieger, it's like, you know, whether it be like a, a, a wide receiver screen pass designed for him, certain things are going to be designed for him. Um, but you're, you're 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 banking on somehow a second half really coming panning out. I mean, even we had um, you know Pat uh, Fitzmaurice, who's like a big Wisconsin fan, was standing on a we we had like this uh, video thing that and he was in on Jonathan Taylor, and it changed my mind a bit. I moved him up a bit. Um, as much as kind of basically downgrading Marlon Mack um, and factoring in their capital. But even like a Jonathan Taylor, like you're not buying him for weeks one to six. Um, you're hoping that he he has a Miles Sanders end to the season and helps you win the playoffs. Yes. So as long as you're factoring that stuff in, it's fine. Uh, but this year especially, it's tougher. And for what 
you know, so the running back is really about this volume. Chemistry isn't the factor. Uh, it's just will they, you know, will they get the rushing volume? Can they play in the passing game, which would be a, a slight with Jonathan Taylor. Um, with um, on the wide receiver side, it's really just like this guessing game on targets. And so, yeah, I look at the Eagles and be like, I don't know. Uh, Grieger, he'll get a good amount of snaps. He'll get decent targets. He won't get like the shame treatment that uh, there's they, they're, they're certain guys, uh, some uh, like Sammy Watkins on KC, where it's just like you look at the targets and the snaps, and it's like so pathetic some weeks. I don't think Rieger will get that type of treatment, but those tight ends are going to still soak up a lot. Um, and it could really be like, betting that like it's you, you, the wide receiver one could change every week on philly like if you had, like it'd probably be like the bet i would take is that like no wide receiver on their team has more than like five or six number one weeks on their team that like if jeffrey could play he'll get a few yeah touchdown Rieger will have like a couple breakout games you know Jackson if he stays healthy he'll have at least one or two of those games where yeah he goes off um and then yeah maybe in one of the one of the other guys I can Mac Collins I'm not I'm I don't know Collins isn't even there anymore he's not there anymore no he's up in Miami yeah you got our yeah I mean I'm not gonna bet on the JJ AW. everybody loved him last year though I was one of them dude that didn't work I don't know and the tall he looked lost just don't just don't just don't do it like it's crazy especially with the way things now like it isn't that hard to scheme a touchdown for your wide receiver he doesn't have to be six five Julio's done everything except score touchdowns for five years and he's like and he's like six six but yet they there's still that that sad allure it's kind of just like uh and somewhere like Jerry Reese is still like it Getting into fantasy drafts so you could draft a 220 pound tight end. <laughs> Everyone has their crush. <laughs> exactly. All right, let's finish things out here with the G Men. Uh, Darius Slayton was the go to guy in 2019 for the Giants, but with Shepard and uh, Ingram back healthy, should Slayton still be the guy or should Danny Jones shift his focus elsewhere? Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think Slayton's being overdrafted now. I, I, um, it, I want to say it, it's one of those things where like a lot of people are saying it. You want to say, oh, the consensus is he's being overdrafted, but that doesn't make any sense because then he'd be drafted at the, <laughs> someone's drafted him there. Um, so maybe all 11 other owners are like, that was a dumb move. Um, so Slayton's got the best upside in this group and that's like, I mean, he's the only – he has a set role because he's the only guy who's really a true deep threat on that team. Um, Shepard and Tater are really going to play in that medium era. So is Ingram. So there's there's the sense that maybe um, – I think he'll have, like, some really good games. I'd like him in best ball better. But I, don't, I think his week-to-week floor is really dependent on at least one of those – uh, three guys between um, Tate Shepard and Ingram getting hurt, um, and ideally two. Now, the odds on that, based on history, aren't too bad. But um, so, 
But I, 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 I have Slayton right now at 57. So I have him like 20 spots, 18 spots below where he's going. Um, I'd rather have Tate and Shepard at those prices. And, and of the three, I'd, ra- I'd, I'd want to have Tate because Shepard's uh, concussions are, uh, are scary in all senses. Yeah. Um, it really f- freaks me out when a guy gets like more than one concussion in a year. Um, and just kind of imagining that hellscape. Um, you know, and I, I mean, I think like a shepherd, what I think we've seen what he can do. He's, he's a very, like, he's, I'm trying to think like, he's a, he's like a professional wide receiver. Like it's like a weird damning praise. Like he's very good at what he does. He's got a low ceiling. I, so I don't, Danny Amendola. <laughs> so yeah, I a little bit better, but maybe. And and there could be that one year where it really comes together. But um, in my eyes, like I I think um, Tate is is a step above him. You don't have to worry about the health. And Tate, I mean, he had that one weird year when he, you know, like he didn't fit in at all in Philadelphia. I don't know what quite happened there. I don't think Wentz could see him from like his. His mount, his, <laughs> yeah, his, like, head twenty feet off the ground, but um, or yeah, the scheme. But I mean, Tate was really good last year in a point per basis. So um, I was really frustrated. I missed out on him on like a turn. So I, I didn't get any stacks. I could add a, a Jones Tate stack. Um, so Tate would will probably be the only guy I would draft in here. Shepard, low ceiling injuries, Slayton high ceiling, but. I don't, I think the floor is, I'd say like week one Slayton's unstartable. So what do you, you, do you really want to draft a guy at in the 10th round that kind of unstartable week one? No, no, I agree with you. I'm not really targeting any of these giant receivers. Uh, I did take Shepard in my Scott Fishbowl League, but he fell to like almost wide receiver 50. And I was like, I need somebody kind of safe. And, you know, yeah. he's not super safe because you're right. The injury's there. But I was like, when he's on the field, he's going to be good. So, like, in that kind of format, I'm going to have enough depth that I can feel like I can plug somebody in on the, on the weeks he's hurt. Um, hopefully he stays healthy. But when he's healthy, he's going to be good. Um, so that was kind of my hope there. So, um all right, so let's finish up things here with tight ends. So ADP, rip through it. So here we got Zach Ertz at four, Evan Ingram at seven, Goddard at 16, and Jar- Blake Jarwin at 21. Sorry, AJ. You wanted to say Jar Jar Blake or something. No, no. I was just going to say Jar Blake Jar I was just going to say Jarwin, and then I was like, ah, oh, maybe I should say his first name. Yeah. <laughs> so, um,. Because I'm going to have to make these real quick and I start writing last names and realize I should probably say first names on the show, but I don't sometimes. It is what it is. Uh, anyway, so start with the Eagles here. Zach Ertz, you know, seems like there's a lot of talk and there was a little bit last year. You know, he's on the decline. Goddard's coming. It's building up more this year. And the Goddard was good last year. Not going to lie, but um, granted, that was a lot. I think a lot of that was because they had no other receivers and they still kind of don't. So maybe they could both finish top 10 again. Uh, but I mean, Earth is still tight in four. I mean, is that too high given that, you know, we're seeing a gradual decline from him? It's, I mean, I, right now I have him at like three. It's kind of a coin flip there. And I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he goes, you know, if I, he falls to four. Like, so, 
the price is right. I just I think the ceiling's really low. And so the question is, you're going to take a. I mean, how many low ceiling guys do you do you want to draft on a team? And yeah, I mean. And it really depends. I mean, like in a 12 team league, it's like, yeah, I get it. You want to have maybe one or two in like a Scott Fishbowl format. I don't see why you want to have any. Uh, that guy that you, you the ceiling doesn't, um, isn't exciting. So I, I, I would not, I would not draft. I can't see drafting Ertz in any team. I don't, um, fully buy that narrative that somehow he's going to fall off and Goddard's going to, yeah, you know, I mean, I think some of Goddard's success has to be because is there because Ertz is is commanding double teams and stuff like that. Um, but and and I and I can't buy in on Goddard because I think there's enough tight ends that I don't know if I really want a guy who's a clear number two on his team. Um, it's the confusion. It basically on both of them. Just yeah, you know, I get it. Um, and I in a, in a weekly ranking setup. Yeah, it could be really dynamic. I'd, I'd rather, yeah, it, but both their ceilings look kind of cloudy to me. So easy to pass. I'm with you on that one. I do, I do fade the Eagle side ends because it's just a mind fuck in my head. I just don't know what to think about it. So, yeah. Uh, AJ, what do you, what do you got there with this? Uh, I mean, one, <laughs> one week, it's going to be, well, more weeks than not, it would be Ertz over Goddard, right. but. I, Goddard's still going to have those weeks where he just blows through, and he's he's the number one guy that week. So, you know, I think it's going to be more of the same this year. I, I mean, that's the way their offense is set up. They they like to dish it around and and you know share the ball. So, I think it's going to stay that way this year. I don't see a reason to change it. The tight ends will be very heavily used, so at least there's that. Yeah. Yeah. So. so. All right, back to uh, the Giants here. Um, Ingram has obviously not been a pillar of health, but when he's been on the field, he's been pretty great. Um, do you want to take a chance of him this season, or are you you know, worried about where he is with his current ADP? <clears throat> I just think where he's going, I'd rather a wide receiver. There, the, it's, it's, it's less about where he is as a tight end. I, I think priced at six makes sense. And maybe it's the same with Ertz that it just gets in. I'd rather have a running back or wide receiver at that part of the draft. There's not like another tight end. I want more right there. Um, so either I've gotten, you know, uh, Kelsey or Kittle um, or, you know, I mean, I guess heads up, I'd rather have Darren Waller. Yeah, I mean, he's ranked yeah. higher for me. So yeah, they're about. I mean, yeah, <laughs> they're, I don't about, know how, they're close. They're close I've enough got, that. Yeah, I've actually got Ingram seven. I just he's just one of those guys where, again, you're right. Like, I'd rather have some of the other players that are there, receiver or running back, depending on how your draft's gone. And then there's a bunch of tight ends behind him that I'm like that intrigue me. And yeah. you know, we've gone gone through a bunch of them through our, our division previews. We're going to get into more of them. And there's one in a couple of shows that we're going to get to that I absolutely have fallen in love with this offseason. But this is like those guys have less injury risk. Their ceilings are potentially higher, too. So I, I just... I'm I'm going for the I, I usually go late with tight ends anyway, and then just if it misses whatever, I'll figure something out later. I'll get somebody else that's just not going to kill me every week. So, um, 
Yeah, I, I, I'm passing on it, Ingram, most likely in, in every draft, unless he slides a bunch. So, all right, last question we've got here is Dallas Cowboys. I'm hearing a lot of noise. The Blake Jar win, Jar Jar. <laughs> is uh that's his new nickname by the way thank you for that one uh is a big sleeper tight end um you know especially with so many vacated targets in dallas you know between cobb leaving and witten leaving do you believe that narrative i mean i'm i'm skeptical on on vacated targets in general um especially when you've got two established wide receivers on the field and cd lamb a, a Pretty enticing wide receiver three, a ridiculous. I'm not happy they got him uh, at all. Um, So, um, like him a lot. The, um, but yeah, I like Jarwell. I mean, like it's a it's an offense that has featured the tight end. Uh, He's obviously shown different skill set, or at least an expanded skill set than Jason Witten. So you know more than just boxing out people with your butt. Um, Yeah, I mean I have Jarwin at like 15. Um, you know, like, so where he's going, where I can get him, I I like him a lot, you know, like, but if it was like, but there, there's a few tight ends in that range. I like, uh, Herndon, I like as well. Um, Hawkinson's kind of in that range. I I could see taking, you know, his upside's pretty sexy. Um, I guess it's going way earlier than him. It feels like, but he's being discussed. Well, yeah, where I have him, right. But okay. yeah, no, you're right. That so like, that would be a reason why yeah, I'd probably would end up with a Jarwin or a Herndon. Um, again, versus I think some of those other guys. So um, yeah, I I I don't know if I buy the narrative in full. I just see it as like he's a tight end in a good offense without a guy that jumps out as like a red zone threat. Um, and I don't really see. An established TE2 there that they've generally had. Um, yeah, I mean, you've had Witten there for so long, but they've had some pretty strong TE2s along the way. So, yeah, I'd roll that. I don't see, like, I think um, you're not getting the same ceiling. It's hard to see the same ceiling with him versus a Herndon. Like a Herndon, you're getting the, uh, you know, an outside chance he ends up being, like, leading the team in receiving. The tip, I would, I mean, as as a Giant fan, I would love it if Blake Jarwin was <laughs> receiving. It would be wonderful. That would be good. You know, that where if he's, if, yeah, but, um, yeah. So, yep, buying on, yeah, I think out of out of this division, Jarwin would be the only one I could see coming out away with in drafts. And it could be like a 40-round draft, and I'd still, like, be debating between, like, Jeremy Sprinkle and, and the other options available. So he got graded so bad. He he wasn't bad in college. It's like, but it's like there's nothing worse than when you look at a guy in pro football folks. You're like, it had happened like toward the end of the draft. I'm like, I know he's the starter. Just give me something to like about him. And then he got graded at like a 48 or something. I'm like, nope. Okay. Nope. Nope. I just I I won't do it. Don't blame me. Don't blame me. AJ, anything else to add there? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not necessarily blind buying into the the Blake Jarwin rage yet. Um, I mean, maybe I'll be behind the eight ball on that one, but I'm okay with that. I don't like owning Cowboys in fantasy. 
And there you have it. <laughs> Super expert uh, analysis from AJ. I just don't buy Dallas players. I like it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Rudy, that's all we got, man. Uh, go ahead and uh, tell everybody where they can find you on the internet and uh, what you got in store for us over there at Razzball. Yeah, no, I'm at uh, on Twitter at Rudy Gamble. Um, you know, over at Razzball, I'm in charge of the projections, so we have weekly projections uh, under very affordable subscription price uh, this year. We also have DFS there as well, uh, and doing that and baseball uh, simultaneously. So I'm a, I'll be a, I'll be a, a quite busy man. Uh, you know, come September. You having fun with the sixty game projection for baseball? Yeah, they're done. Yeah, it is. It is like, but it's more like having like what would be like this strong opinion for things. Like it's it's just hilarious. Like it's the it's a tough thing. Like the the deeper you get in that stuff, and you just like, you just let let the variance and luck do its thing. Like just like, yeah, you 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 know it's gonna be a, a yeah usually like maybe you're it's you sixty to seventy percent and luck thirty percent. Year. just going to be more luck this year so, so it's like just, so you, it just it's just drafting accordingly and like yeah, not um yeah so it's trying to say mellow on those things and uh and not get but the thinking like this guy's perfectly set up for a 60 game season because he had a 60 game stretch a year ago that was wonderful <laughs> yeah it's like, i i just cool. can't. it's just making it yeah yeah so yeah i have but uh yeah so you could, but I'm on Twitter like a little too much, and um, but yeah, and there's you can always comment on articles and stuff on Rasball, and got a really good team to to handle things. Yeah, another good donkey. Uh, donkey responded about your glasses uh, on here. I think I got Armani. I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> Looking good, man. Establish no. the run money. What are you talking about? <laughs> all right, man. Um, so yeah, that's all we got, man. Uh, thanks for coming on. We'll have to uh, we'll have to do this again, man. Right on. Absolutely. Thank you guys. Thanks. Yeah. Have a good one. Hi, AJ. That's all I got for the show. Um, we ran a little long, but uh, a lot of Washington D.C. talk kind of kind of ran us over. So it's all good. Definitely worth talking about. Very important stuff. So um, I guess. Jeff, cue the music, and uh, we'll close it out. All right. The Fantasy Six-Pack Hour. Maybe wrong music. That's all right. Maybe wrong music. That's all right. We'll close out. Peace out, everyone.